The Michigan Wolverines won in overtime against the venerable Alabama Crimson Tide on Monday night, which means that Michigan has secured a spot in the college national championship game. They motion out Williams to the keeper, Milrow. He's short! Michigan has won the Rose Bowl! And it's going to the national championship! This nail-biter of a matchup was a fitting end for a wild season, a season rife with animosity between the NCAA and head coach Jim Harbaugh. Today, we're talking about the big win, the NCAA, and what's in store for Michigan's future. This is Stateside. I'm April Bear. Smile and take a picture. That's what we're doing, baby. The Wolverines have vanquished the tide. John U. Bacon is a longtime sports journalist who's written several books about Michigan football. And he's here to break down all the Rose Bowl things. What was your favorite post-game moment last night? Post-game moment? Um, just seeing Harbaugh and J.J. McCarthy together. Those guys have got a bond that you don't see even at that level very often. Uh, far beyond the professional, it seems like. And when Harbaugh was not there on the sidelines those last three games of the regular season, uh, granted, it's tougher competition, but J.J. seemed to be missing something. So that connection seems real. I don't know if if there was a, a typical Michigan performance this season, given the way the team had to pivot and pivot and pivot again. But I think what I do want to ask about last night and the rest of the season is where would Michigan have been without Blake Corum? Uh, not in that bowl game, I'll tell you that. Um, no, they'd be... Nine and three, somewhere in there. Blake Horm clearly has been the wrecking ball, basically, on the offense. Uh, Getting yards when they're not there. And, of course, the two last runs to score the touchdown in overtime. That second run will go down. People will discuss that 30 years from now. I'm very confident. Yeah. And and I feel like this was also a big night for a lot of players who we didn't necessarily see much of the rest of the season. I mean, there were huge problems with special teams, but who were some of the breakout stars for the Rose Bowl for you? Oh, it's honestly the defensive line. And at one point they had five sacks on uh, Alabama's great quarterback, Jaden Milrow, and all created by five different players, the five guys you've got in the line. So defensive lines tend to be relatively anonymous, but those guys might have been the difference last night. Yeah, no question. Do you think in the second half of the game, do you think we can chalk this up to the strength of Michigan's defense, sack after sack, or was it a lack of performance for Alabama's offense? The answer there is yes, I guess. (laughs) You might throw in there a (laughs) lack of performance out of Michigan's offense through most of the second half. They were not clicking, and J.J. was a bit off on his passes, on a few drop passes on top of that. Uh, But it was a weird game in a lot of ways, a lot of ups and downs. It was not clean football, mistakes on both sides. Um, But I got to say, where Michigan gets credit is by coming back to stay focused there at the end when they could have fallen apart pretty easily. Uh, But you are right. If if there's one key to last night's game, it was Michigan's defense more than the offense. These two programs have played, I want to say, a total of six times. Uh, This is not a very regular matchup. Do you know, John, how many times Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh have coached against each other? I should know that. I know that. Uh, I don't know that. And, <laughs> and I'm not sure. They've both been around so much. I wasn't sure if they, you know, I mean, of course, some of the faithful were saying, hey, Harbaugh's got Nick Saban's number. I don't know if that's 
<laughs> Maybe a little premature. <laughs> that, that's a date, not a marriage. No, that's, that's not a number. So right. I think it might have been the first time. I cannot think of another one. I'll say that. And look, I think Harbaugh and his staff, Sharon Moore as the, on offense and Minter on defense, coached probably their best game of the season against arguably the greatest coach of all time in college football. The man has seven national titles after all, Nick Saban. But that is one game. And you can't say you guys remember based on that one game, but it was, for one game, very impressive. Any outing where you beat a Nick Saban team is is probably notable, but as I said earlier, this has been, to put it mildly, a year full of off-the-field problems and administrative sideshow for both teams. Do you think that in another world, in another corner of the multiverse, we would have seen these two coming together to compete for the national title? Yeah, uh, not that hard to imagine that, of course, in many ways. Uh, and you are right, of course, the off-field stuff, in Michigan's case especially, the three-game suspension early on, um, self-imposed by Michigan, and then, of course, the Big Ten suspension, and we're waiting to hear what the NCAA is going to say. So all that has traveled with the team. But, man, you get a classic matchup, two of the all-time blue bloods, if you will, at the Rose Bowl, which is the greatest venue, we believe, for college football. Um, That tends to focus things back on the field in a way that nothing else really could. We need to take a break. More with John Bacon in just a minute. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Support for the stateside podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Let's talk about next Monday. For those who skipped the Sugar Bowl after, after the Rose Bowl last night, Michigan's going to face up against Washington for the national title. What do you think of Michigan's odds? Better than 50-50, but not a lot. Um, I think that Washington's clearly a very good team, and they showed it last night as well. They say it's the best playoffs we've had so far in this format over a decade or so. Um, but uh, Michael Penix, by the way, is the Heisman Trophy winner, and he is the best player in college football and clearly the best quarterback. So that's going to be a huge challenge for Michigan next week. That said, i got to believe that the mistakes Michigan made this game against Alabama, they're not going to make next week. So I would still give Michigan a slight edge in that contest. I mean, given everything that happened with realignment, John, uh, Michigan and Washington are probably going to be seeing uh, a lot more of each other. What do we know about Kalen DeBoer, the coach who's going to be across the field from Jim Harbaugh? Not nearly as much as we know about Jim Harbaugh. I know that. But uh, he's clearly done one heck of a job. Look, that team was supposed to falter versus Oregon in the Pac-12 final um, tournament game. And they were great. So, And last night, of course, Texas, many thought, might have the edge. Um, Washington was fantastic. So you've got to give the guy a lot of credit for unleashing the best player in college football. You don't win the Heisman without a great coach, and they've got one. Mm-hmm. If I can look even farther ahead in the future, uh, you know, much was made of the fact that Michigan's going to be losing some really key people at the end of this season. 
Do you think that what we've seen here is repeatable in the near future? I mean, there are some who said that just the pressure of the year was maybe a piece of, you know, the psychological success that Jim Harbaugh was able to get out of the players. Again, <laughs> for those games when he, you know, when he was there in coaching. But is is what we're seeing here something that might carry forward? I think you made a great insight there. And I've known Jim Harbaugh for a long time, and he's at his best when he's painted into a corner. And that was pretty much described the entire season this year. And sooner or later, a team adopts the personality of its head coach, and that's what this team is. They respond best when, they, when the doubters are the loudest. Uh, can you repeat that? I think if Harbaugh stays, you'll, a lot of players are going to stay, and if the coaching staff stays largely intact, uh, then they'll be good for a long time. But none of that is guaranteed. J.J. McCarthy might jump to the NFL. That's the quarterback, of course. Harbaugh himself might jump to the NFL. And then Sharon Moore is the likely successor. So, man, if you're a Michigan fan, enjoy everything while you can because you have no idea how long it's going to last. No question. John, what do you think is the likelihood of the NCAA ultimately telling Michigan when it gets around to dealing with the sign-stealing scandal? What do you think the likelihood is of the NCAA saying you know, those wins, your titles, they're vacated. The odds, I think, are pretty slim. Although if you're asking me to bet on what the NCAA might do, it's a fool's game. And I'm a fool enough to play it, I guess. Um, a friend of mine called, the former CCHA commissioner, called uh, the NCAA the Vatican West. So you get the idea. They can do whatever they want. So anything is possible. But I would say two things. One, the more Michigan wins, the more it basically shows that whatever advantage they gained from sign-stealing is not why they're winning now. Certainly the last six games when the scandal was public, uh, Michigan has trumped over four ranked teams. So that's one thing. Second of all, the NCAA, it shouldn't matter, but it does. The NCAA does not like to sanction those who win titles. Look at UNC basketball a few years ago, for example. So it shouldn't matter, but they don't like vacating titles especially. Um, and they've also gotten away from the vacating model more or less over the last few years. So I think more likely is some sort of probation, penalties, fines, that kind of thing. But again, trust me when I tell you, nobody knows anything when it comes to the NCAA. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's anything left pending that, that really must be resolved about how teams go after each other's signs? I mean, again, there's nothing illegal about sign stealing per se, you just can't jump on a plane and go buy a ticket for someone else's game and be seen <laughs> writing down writing down what the other team is doing. That, you got exactly right, of course. Um, and I would say that the obvious answer is what the NFL did years ago, which is simply put a microphone into the, a speaker really, into the quarterback's helmet, which is very easily done, very cheaply, and this thing is done by lunch. And the potential for a scandal down the road is erased forever. Um, that won't solve Michigan's problems, of course, with the NCAA, but it will solve college football's problems. And this, this issue can be eliminated very quickly. Do you think that it, there's a chance that other teams might feel a little bit more incentive to do as Michigan did? If they don't fix that, then I suppose so. Look, these coaches are all crazy, and they're all looking for any edge they can get, some legally, some not, apparently. But I, I still think the whole thing is frankly overrated. I recall Bo Schimbegler once saying, we'll hand you the damn playbook, now stop us. Uh, the stopping part is the harder part, and obviously in last night's game, whatever advantage or disadvantage there was with signs was you know, played on the field. So I think for the most part, it's overrated. I think that uh, the NCAA is likely to change the rule on this one. 
John U. Bacon is the author of several books about Michigan football, including Bo's Lasting Lessons and Overtime, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines at the Crossroads of College Football. John, great talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, April. Always a pleasure. And that is the Stateside Podcast for today, the day after New Year's edition. I'm April Bear. You can find full Stateside episodes at michiganradio.org. Today's pod was produced by Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kabansag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our interns are Lauren Neong and Olivia Moradian. Our executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis. Music for our pod comes from Blue Dot Sessions and from Audio Network. Hey, thank you so much for listening. We hope you had a great holiday. We'll see you again tomorrow. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.